It's Milwaukee's Tailgate, the midweek mini-pod, episode 9. I'm J.P. Breen. It's been a couple of weeks since the last mini-pod, and I know that Steve hinted in the last podcast at some changes that have altered my plans for the mini-pod, at least being able to bring a weekly version of the mini-pod. Baseball Prospectus uh, has asked me to start up a new podcast for their website talking about some of the Dynasty League aspects of fantasy baseball, looking at prospects, looking at long-term value beyond kind of the one-year redraft leagues, and be starting that up sometime soon. And unfortunately, that will prevent me from being able to churn out the many pods every week. Still, I'm hoping to bring one or two every month, you know, like this one, which is going to be dedicated to the Milwaukee Brewers and the Major League Baseball trade deadline. What will Milwaukee do? prior to the July 31st deadlines. I've got some suggestions. I've got some some thoughts in terms of where they will focus their attention and then some specific names that at least jump out to me as being beneficial options and within the purview at least of kind of what the Brewers have done in terms of their MO. But before we get to that, we always got to do kind of the housekeeping Remember that you can help fans find the podcast by rating and reviewing Milwaukee's Tailgate on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We do want listener questions, so follow Milwaukee's Tailgate on Twitter at MKETailgate. You can email questions to milwaukees.tailgate at gmail.com, and hopefully you had an opportunity to submit your guests for the Robin Yount bobblehead competition that we're doing for the, the episode 100. Unfortunately, by the time you're listening to this, the deadline will have passed, but Hopefully you can get involved in future ones that we will be doing. You can also follow our Facebook page. You can follow the three of us on Twitter. You can follow Steve. You can follow Ryan. You can follow myself. You'll find all of that in Mil- uh, the Milwaukee Tailgate Twitter bio. Finally, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can visit patreon.com slash mketailgate. Our M&B and Ball and Glove patrons receive the monthly minor league extra podcast that Ryan and I do every single month. Milwaukee's Tailgate is sponsored by Carbon 4 Brewing and their English-style malt bombs and their perfectly balanced hop grenades. You know them for their great beers like Dragon Flute, Block Party, and their flagship, Fantasy Factory IPA. You can stop on down to the Carbon 4 Tap Room at Kinsman Boulevard in Madison. They've got Idiot Farm, they've got America AF on tap, and be sure to tell them that Milwaukee's Tailgate sent you. Make sure you send a pic- send a picture online, tag them on Twitter, do all that kind of stuff. They always uh, kind of promote everybody that Milwaukee's tailgate is sending to their tap room. And as friends of the podcast, you get 20% off the merch in the Carbon 4 web store with the promo code MKETailgate. As always, you can check out Carbon4.com for more information. Carbon 4, beer brilliance. So it's trading season. The Brewers look like buyers. Despite the last couple of days that they've had against the Cincinnati Reds, it does seem that the Brewers are going to look to buy. The question then becomes, what and where are they going to look uh, for that upgrade? There are two places that I don't think that the Brewers are going to do all that much. I don't think that they're going to go after a position player. And I know some people have talked about about shortstop or maybe trying to upgrade somewhere in terms of the overall depth of the squad, maybe looking at first base a little bit, maybe looking at the outfield because Ryan Braun's been struggling with some injuries. He's been a little bit inconsistent. I don't think they're going to go after a position player for two different reasons. Number one, in order for a real meaningful upgrade, the Brewers will have to pay an absolute arm and a leg. They don't really have that in the farm system. 
the only option that they they would have in terms of being able to 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 pay something in terms of premium dollars, Kesson Huron, he's not going anywhere. Beyond that, though, the Brewers actually have a couple of kind of upgrades already in the internal system. You've got Travis Shaw down at down in the minors. You've got him down in in AAA San Antonio. He's absolutely ripping the cover off the ball at the moment. He's playing a lot of first base right now. We already know he can handle third base, and he's going to be at least an option for September, if not earlier. So if you're looking for anybody that they would be able to bring in from the outside, you would want them to be better than what the Brewers already have to offer, better than Travis Shaw. Anybody better than Travis Shaw and as controllable as Travis Shaw is going to cost way more than the Brewers have to spend. Mauricio Dubon is also somebody else that's out in in the system right now down in AAA. Mauricio Dubon, if anybody's looking to kind of upgrade in the infield, they're looking to upgrade in terms of utility fielders. Mauricio Dubon profiles is quite a good one. They are they've already called him up once. He's been hitting very well at AAA, and yes, I know everybody is hitting well in AAA aside from you know Lucas Ursig, unfortunately. But Mauricio Dubon is the kind of piece that you could call up and play even. Some center field, second base, third base, you can put him at at shortstop if you want to relieve Orlando Garcia a little bit. So again, anything that they're going to be looking at would have to be better than Mauricio Dubon. Again, I don't think they can afford that. Now as for the starting rotation, I'm not actually I, I don't think it's quite fair to say that I don't think that they're going to look to upgrade the, the starting rotation. I do actually think that they could bring in uh, a starting pitcher. My argument is that I think it's a little bit of a waste of time, which I know is a little bit of a controversial statement, especially with Brandon Woodruff going down with an oblique injury. The Brewers' starting rotation has at times been awful. At times it's been decent, but overall it's kind of middle of the pack. So it's a little controversial, I think, for me to come forward and say that I think it's an absolute waste of time to add starting pitching. But again, it's about what can the Brewers afford to bring in in terms of starting pitching. There, there aren't many kind of high-end starting pitchers that figure to be available at the, in terms of um, starting pitchers at the break. You are looking at guys like, you know, Trevor Bauer has been talked about, Marcus Stroman's been talked talked about. I know Ryan's been a big fan of Mike Miner. All of those pieces that are controllable are going to be extremely expensive. In terms of rentals, Madison Bumgarner is potentially, you know, the best kind of rental that you're going to be able to buy. He's not an impact guy anymore. Number four starter, number three starter, if you're really lucky, if you really like what Bumgarner could do. And the Brewers aren't going to be able to go out and afford somebody like a Marcus Stroman if Kesson here is not going to be able to be a part of that. And Fangraphs put something out in which they were saying, you know, Trent Grisham, Mauricio Dupont, Aaron Ashby, you know, kind of basically every single other person that is worthwhile in terms of their trading chips. I don't think that's reasonable because I don't think the starting rotation is the only place that they need to add because the bullpen is still a mess. Beyond that, the Brewers have a lot of starting pitchers. They still have a lot of starting pitchers. You've got uh, Jimmy Nelson, who's going to be going on multiple rehab outings. You've still got Freddie Peralta in the bullpen. You've still got Adrian Hauser in the bullpen. You've still got a lot of options to be able to come into the starting rotation that have huge question marks. So are you going to go out and get somebody like Mike Leake? 
He's got huge question marks too. I'm not necessarily sure what he adds to the picture. So yes, I would love it if they could go out and add a Mike Miner. That'd be great. I don't think they can afford it. It'd be great if they could go out and get Marcus Stroman. Again, I don't think they can afford it. Unless you're talking about trading people that I don't think should be traded at the trade deadline. So that leaves the bullpen, which is where I think the Brewers need to to make a meaningful upgrade. And I know that some people have been saying that, you know, the bullpen's maybe not as bad that as as people have been saying, right? And if you look at ERA, the Brewers ERA across the league, 14th worst, right? About about average. Right in the middle of the pack. They've got a 448 ERA, got about a 420 FIP. It's about middle of the pack. So I think some people have tried to suggest that maybe the Brewers bullpen isn't as bad as everybody is saying. And I think it's it's important to go in and actually look at what the component parts of that ERA are. Instead of looking at that macro number, you have to drill in a little bit, right? Because you've got Josh Hader, who's obviously been excellent. He's got 227 ERA. You've got Adrian Hauser, who's been quite good out of the bullpen. He's got a sub-2 ERA. You've got Freddie Peralta, who has got a, a sub-3 ERA. He's been quite good as a reliever. But again, one of those two still might need to move to the to the rotation, especially now that Brandon Woodruff is down with an oblique injury. And even if those two stay there, they don't have a track record. They're most likely multiple inning guys. And aside from Hauser, Hader, and Peralta, everybody else basically has a four ERA or above. Jeremy Jeffress, Alex Claudio, uh, Junior Guerra, Matt Albers, Burt Smith, Jacob Barnes, all of those guys, Corbin Burns. All of those guys have about a four ERA or above, and at the very least, you're saying that they're middle relief guys that you don't want to put in high leverage situations. Jeremy Jeffress has been a guy recently that you've tried to put into high leverage situations, and it just has kind of been an implosion. And at this point, I think it's very fair to ask whether or not his shoulder has been healthy all year. We know it wasn't early in the year. I think it's fair to ask, you know, has he, has he been healthy at all this year? So you've got Hauser, you've got Peralta, guys without huge track records or track records at all, really. And then you've got Josh Hader, and after that, you've got huge question marks. Don't necessarily know what you're going to get on any single day. And so I think if you're going to look at what the Brewers need to do, they need to look at the bullpen. And moreover, they need to look at the bullpen in a way that's sustainable beyond this year. Yeah, Corey Knable should come back next year, you'd like to think. If everything goes well with his injury rehab, you've got Corey Knable back. Corey Knable, Josh Hader, a dynamite back end of the bullpen. But again, you've still then got question marks across the board. So I'd like to see them add the bullpen, but I'd like to see them add in the bullpen in a way that kind of goes beyond this year. And the thing about the the trade market for the bullpen, again, is you don't have a lot of high-end options. I, it doesn't really seem like the San Diego Padres are going to make uh, Kirby Yates available. Will Smith is kind of the guy, the obvious guy that everybody's, sing, everybody's talking about. Fangraphs recently wrote about the fact that he is the, the best reliever on the market. If you're looking at what you know BP has to say, basically you go to their advanced stats, you look at their DRA, something we've talked about all throughout the year in terms of what it provides. He's got the second best DRA of any pitcher that you think is going to be available on the trade market. He's got a 235 uh, DRA. Ken Giles is the, is the only other one. He's with Toronto that 
that potentially could be moved unless you think Felipe Vasquez is going to be moved. But even with somebody like Ken Giles, not only is he kind of volatile year to year, he's had some elbow issues this year too, and I'm not necessarily sure that the Brewers are going to be lining up to be taking somebody that has a known elbow issue. But Will Smith has been excellent. Huge strikeout rate. He's been able to keep his walks under control. He's a good lefty, sub-3 ERA for the, the second year in a row. There are going to be a lot of people in for Will Smith. There's going to be a lot of people in for Will Smith, and the other thing that is really kind of shaky about Will Smith is the fact that he's going to be a free agent after this year. So are you going to want to pay for the best reliever on the market and only be able to keep him for two years? Maybe. That seems like much... You know, that seems like what Boston would want. That would seem like what what Houston wants kind of down the line. Teams that are in a better position than the Brewers to be able to compete for a World Series. They seem to not only have kind of the the prospect currency, but also the desire to be able to pay for for more of a true rental. A couple of names, I guess, I want to throw out. The first one, Shane Green with, with the Tigers. And I know in some ways he's not the most exciting guy. The the most exciting guy, I guess you would say. A lot of people have talked about the fact that his velocity is down over a mile per hour with his fastball. But I'm going to throw out a few other things that that kind of have endeared me to Shane Green a little bit. Number one, he's only uh, given up runs in two of his last 15 outings. And so a lot of people talked about his good performance early in the year. But the fact that he hasn't been able to produce later in the year, I don't think that's quite right. He's actually been quite good. He's only given up runs in two of his last 15 outings. He's not a free agent until 2021. And even if his velocity is down, it's only on his on his fastball. His swinging strike rate is up. He's relying on his off-speed stuff more often than his four-seamer, which is good because his cutter has a 14.5% swinging strike rate. Slider has a 19.1% swinging strike rate. Those two pitches miss bats a ton. And so if his velocity is down with his fastball, but his velocity is not down with his cutter... It's not down with his slider. It allows him to be able to make up for the fact that, you know, his his raw four-seam fastball velocity might not be as high as you'd like. He's compensating by throwing his better pitches more often, and his velocity is not down with those pitches. So Shane Green is, again, going to be somebody that a lot of people are after. It's not that he is going to be cheap, but he's also not seen as an impact reliever. He's not seen as somebody who has just absolutely dynamite stuff. His stuff his stuff is solid. And he hasn't pitched for a great team for quite a while. And so some people might also suggest that he's a gamble going into a postseason run. I think Jake uh Jake Diekman, who is a, a lefty with the Royals, is probably somebody that is not getting enough attention, at least within Brewer circles. I think if you're looking at kind of relief market uh, relief options across the league if you're looking at a lot of people who have written about this stuff he's actually gotten quite a bit of ink but i think that brewers fans haven't necessarily paid too much attention to him number one because i think he plays for the royals and nobody's paying attention to the royals but he's got a 284 dra his era is actually quite high though and i think that's why a lot of people haven't been paying too much attention to him he's got a, a 476 era but his raw velocity, his ability to, to kind of miss bats at an elite level this year, his quality peripheral numbers is, is going to be something that 
attracts somebody like the Brewers, a, a team that's very analytics heavy. And I know that every team uses analytics, but not every team is willing to trust analytics when, you know, ERAs are just ballooning out of control. The problem with Diekman is the fact that uh, his walk rate is massive. It's been massive for quite a long time. I mean, he's he's walking over five per nine. It's not something in which you're saying that like it it, it bounces around from year to year. It's been over eleven percent since every single year since 2014. He's walked the world a ton, and so it's fair to ask: Is Jake Diekman the kind of guy that you want to bring into a bullpen that? is a little bit volatile on its own. And moreover, do you really want to have two lefties as your two high leverage relievers? It's another question. The The thing about Diekman, the thing about Hayter, is both of them are equally as good uh, lefties and righties. So Diekman, somebody to look at. Shane Green, somebody to look at. Tony Watson is also somebody to look at. Somebody that used to pitch for uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates. He's now been, in, he's now been with uh, the, the San Francisco Giants for a while. Signed a two-year, $12 million contract before the 2018 season, but he does have a 2020 player option. And that might be something that the Brewers look at as a way in which this could be more than just a two-month rental. I also think the fact it's a player option, it's not a team option, it could make Tony Watson a little bit more available on the market. But Tony Watson is kind of an unexciting arm that just gets it done consistently. He's never had over a 3-5 ERA since 2011, and he doesn't walk anybody, which is attractive for a team like the Brewers. But again, he's a lefty. He's somebody that would you'd not want to be able to say he's your key high-leverage reliever other than Josh Hader. Both of them are lefties. And, and Tony Watson's not somebody that you really want to focus on or, or that you really want to trot out there against right-handers all the time. But... He's he's solid. His run his run prevention has been really good. It hasn't been elite, but it's been really good for for years now. His ability to to miss bats comes and goes, but what never goes is his ability to command the strike zone. The other controllable reliever is also in San Francisco, and it's Sam Dyson. This is somebody that Ryan was talking a little bit about prior to our recording last week, and we never actually brought it up in the podcast. So I know that that Sam Dyson is somebody that Ryan actually gives quite a bit of love to, and he's not going to be a free agent until 2021, but he's got a sub-3 RA for the second year in a row. Now, the reason why Sam Dyson might sound familiar to you is he was uh, a closer for the Rangers for a couple of years. 2016, 2017, he had 30, uh, 38 saves for the Rangers in 2016. He logged uh, 14 saves in 2017. But in 2017, he basically pitched himself out of a job. His strikeout rate just absolutely plummeted. His walk rate exploded, and he had over a 6 ERA. Now, that was two years ago, ever since he's really been with the Giants uh, over the full season in 2018-2019. He's at a sub-3 ERA again. His command's gotten better. He started to miss more bats. But the one thing that you have to really like about him is he's he's adapted and he's changed. He's actually gone to a cutter. And we've seen this across the league is guys who have started to struggle have turned to a cutter and they've been able to kind of rediscover their career. Anibal Sanchez is a guy who's done this, but his swinging strike rate is now up, up about 10% now. And 
the fact that he's throwing his his four seamer way less than he ever has. He still gets a ton of de- uh, ground balls, but he's throwing his cutter more often, which I think is allowing him to to command the strike zone a little bit better. And so it's turned him to a completely different pitcher, somebody that is again not your prototypical high leverage pitcher, but he's been quite good over a long period of time. And the, and the thing that you would like about him in the back end of the Brewers bullpen is he's a right-hander that you could then pair with Josh Hader as your kind of like back-to-back high-leverage guy. For me, I would try to target somebody like Shane Green. As a former starter, you would feel comfortable with him going more than one inning if needed. He's right-handed. He's had quite a bit of success over the long uh, over a long period of time here in 2019. I think that he's throwing his better pitches more often this year. He's shown the ability to miss bats. He's pitched in high leverage situations all this year, even if you know the the Tigers haven't been all that good, so they maybe haven't been all that stressful. I think that that Shane Green kind of ticks a lot of marks. Now, there's other guys that they could go for. They could go from for, for Michael Givens. They could go for you know somebody like Ken Giles. I guess if you really want to say overlook the the injury, or if you think that they're not necessarily going to kind of package him in a Stroman type deal. You might look at somebody like Rowanis Elias with with the Mariners. The problem with him is he's not all that good and hasn't been all that good this year. So I don't necessarily think that the Brewers would go in that route. Alex Colomay with with the White Sox is somebody that might move. But I think if I were to say that who is the guy that I would want them to go get for the bullpen, I think Shane Green right now is is probably that guy. It's not an exciting move. But it's it's a move that's affordable. It's a it's a move that looks beyond 2019. It's a move that addresses the issues that they need in the back end of the bullpen, and it's somebody who can still go multiple innings. So for me, Shane Shane Green kind of hits all the marks. Well, that's going to do it for this week. It's going to be a really exciting week. Normally, you've got the waiver trades that can go after July 31st. That's not going to be the case this year. It's going to be one trade deadline. And so I think a lot of these are going to push to the end of that trade deadline. And then all of a sudden, they're just going to hit like an absolute rocket on the last day. So it'll be really interesting to see what the Brewers do. I still think they're going to be looking for those multi-year guys. I don't think they're going to necessarily be looking at rentals. But the Brewers don't have a lot in terms of prospect currency to, to, to spend. So they're going to have to try to out... I don't want to say like outsmart the market, but they're going to have to be judicious for what with what they spend and they're going to have to spend in the right spots and they're going to have to look at kind of the under the radar guy that could outperform what maybe people are expecting that's why i think the shane greens the jake deekmans or somebody like those types of guys are the ones that they're going to target all right so as always you can always follow us going forward. You can always look for the, the mini pods in the future. But if you do want things like our, our minor league extra podcast, you can join our Patreon by by visiting patreon.com slash NKE tailgate. You can look at our M&B and ball and glove levels. Uh, follow us on Twitter at MKE tailgate so you can get updates on any of the contests that we're doing going forward or when any of the new podcast comes out. Uh, and always kind of submit questions because they really help us kind of put our weekend podcast together. You can do that at milwaukees.tailgate at gmail.com. You can do that through our Facebook page, which we've got a couple of people that always go through our Facebook page. We always check those sorts of things. So you, your questions will come in that way. 
And you can look for us on Facebook at Milwaukee's Tailgate Baseball Podcast. And don't forget to, to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, Pocket Cast, wherever you get your podcasts. If you found a place that we're not, make sure you still tell Steve. He still brags that uh, nobody has been able to find a place that we're not located yet. So you can also leave reviews, help people find the podcast. Thanks for listening. And I'll be back on Monday. Steve won't be there, but Ryan and I will have a guest this weekend.